Welcome to the Art of the Dive, Game Week 28 in the books. Game Week 29, surprise double game week on the way. Lots of really interesting things happening with the FA Cup matches finishing up today. Wednesday, we're recording a little bit later in the week uh, because of work schedules, but we'll just say it's because there's so much stuff going on that we had to wait till later to deliver the best information to everyone. Jake, how are you, buddy? Yeah, you know, hanging in there. Yeah, you're hanging? Yep. Are you doing okay? Uh, doing okay. You've picked up I would say like some additional work work schedules, haven't you? Some pretty heavy, pretty heavy amount of hours. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I worked my first 24-hour shift ever this Sunday. That was fun. <laughs> that doesn't seem like it should be a thing for anyone in the world, but it is. I mean, I guess like little kids in China maybe, right? Like at the Nike sweatshops and stuff, but but other than that, I don't know. Yeah, well, now I know what it feels like to work in a Nike sweatshop. Well, you probably make about the same amount of money, too. <laughs> God, I hope not, but maybe. Yeah, the paycheck's not going to be good this month. Uh, pretty brutal, though. You were saying before we started potting that uh, kind of the crazy work schedule has made it a little bit challenging to keep up with all this stuff that's happening right now in the FPL world. Yeah, it's bad timing. I'll say that. It, it really is. I mean, you know, the, the Game Week 29 uh, double being announced, all the FA Cup matches coming through and kind of determining what's happening in blank Game Week 31 um, and kind of then the, impl- the, the the implications that that has down the road for 34 and 37. Uh, and then, of course, the chip strategy that goes along with that. And I think those are going to be kind of the things that we'll, we'll spend a lot of time focusing on today. So even though you're a little behind, Jake, uh, never fear. I have had some time to look at things and I'm feeling decent about my my grasp of it all. Okay, so I'll get you up to speed. Deal? Deal. All right. And I'm going to lie to you the entire time so that you, you completely make mistakes. Okay? The, as expected. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Game week 30 is going to have... It's like there's a secret triple captain chip that everyone gets an extra one now. Did you know that? <laughs> and you can just do free hits for the rest of the year yeah, every time. It's a new FPL rule. So, you're just going to want to like take as many hits as you can, but it, they'll be wiped out at the end. So, just go for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't worry. Um, all right, well, let's get into some um, some big picture topics and questions. Uh, Liam wrote in, can you explain the art of diving? That's an interesting question. Uh, I guess maybe for newer listeners, we could explain the name of the podcast. Should we do that? Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, so it, the art of the dive is, uh, is kind of um, a criticism of our lives in general, right? So when you play FPL, you take it really, really seriously and um, you probably shouldn't. Uh, No matter what you do, it always feels like um, you're kind of getting knocked down. Uh, And so, um, you know, the art of the dive, like how do you, how do you fake like you did it right um, the entire time? I think that's part of it. Uh, We came up with a name because when Jake and I played uh, collegiate soccer together um, here in America, uh, my teammates used to give me a hard time. I played like a winger kind of, and my teammates used to give me a hard time saying that I would dive a lot um, because I did I did draw a lot of fouls and cards. I think it was just due to my extreme skill. Yeah, I, I never felt that you dove a lot, but yeah, I think that sums it up. I mean, to me, it's like my life's just in a downward spiral. Um, whether you fake it or not, it's going to happen, so... So, you know, you can add some artistic flair to it if you want, and there's the name. 
done. You're certainly, I mean, when I think of somebody who has some artistic flair, Jake, I do think of you, I have to say. Yeah. I've been known to draw a foul here or there, probably like once a season. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, okay, so let's get into some FPL questions and we're going to start, Jake, with with the thing that we, we were discussing just a few minutes ago and, and that's 29-31 and kind of how best to navigate that and then, you know, based on how you do that, how are you going to navigate 34-37, which will have... Um, We'll have some more blanks and doubles. So Lundstrom's Octopus wrote in, uh, with the run-in approaching, some teams uh, with nothing to play for will be on the beach. Uh, but who are the players we expect to improve their returns as they try to drag their teams out of the relegation battle? I'm already looking at Grealish uh, due to how clearly passionate he is about keeping Villa up. Uh, and then FPL Virgin wrote in, you know, how are we planning on using our chip strategy and and specifically he has his own strategy that he's calling, calling the FPL virgin chip strategy get through 31 by any means possible wild card in 32 33 bench boost in 34 free hit in 37 so uh, there's two kind of questions here but I thought they in my opinion they kind of went together um, and that is what are the players that we're kind of looking at or the teams that we're looking at um, and then how does that coincide with the strategy so let's start with um, that first part of the question, Jake. I think I brought this up last week, or, or did I just tweet about it? Is this like a legitimate thing? Everybody says that towards the end of the year, teams just have nothing to play for. I, I don't know that that's true. Are, do like do teams actually shut down players and just say like, oh, we, we're we're not going to get relegated. We're not we're not going to get into Champions League, so we're just not going to play anyone anymore. I think it's a little overhyped. I don't think players do that because they want to be able to be starting the final year and I think we read too much into it. I and I think part of it is too is that most of these teams aren't super great and they may just be on a losing streak and they just might not be good. Yeah, I um I think somebody brought up the other day that like oh you're not going to want to have city players because they can't really win the league and they're just going to focus on Champions League so they're not even going to play their their best players in the league anymore um pep has spoken a number of times about sharpness and the necessity for matches and for minutes and i know that he's not always the person to trust just because he'll he says things to kind of you know shift shift uh attention away from certain players but i don't i've not seen any data or any charts or graphs that explain to me like first team minutes are greatly reduced once you don't have as much to fight for. The other thing is like that top six battle is pretty serious right now. Yeah. I haven't looked at the table super recently, but I mean, as embarrassing it is, I still feel like Arsenal at least have a very good chance of Europa, if not champions league with Tottenham kind of split between champions league, Chelsea, They've been doing very poorly of late, and so it's it's a battle. So there's very few teams that are going to be on the beach, per se, um, especially with the relegation battle being kind of close as well. Yeah. Let's um, shift then a little bit. And if anybody has information on that, I mean, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get that, like, the odd youth player gets thrown in in the last few matches of the year, but um, I just don't know that that's... that's necessarily true that that players just stop playing um anyways uh and then let's talk a little bit about chip strategy so what do you still have available jake i have a free hit and bench boost okay so i'm same situation but i also still have my wild card 
Um, mm-hmm. So 29, we have uh, City and Arsenal are both going to play two matches now. One of those will be against one another. Um, 31, the blanks are... We, we should know the blanks basically by the end of the day tomorrow. Um, Liverpool did lose to Chelsea, so that means that they will be playing in 31. So Liverpool Crystal Palace is on. Wolves Bournemouth and Burnley Watford are also playing. Uh, the games that are for sure blanks in 31 right now, Southampton, Arsenal, Chelsea versus City, Newcastle versus, versus Aston Villa, and Manchester United versus Sheffield United. Um, and then today are the last few games. So Leicester versus Brighton, Spurs versus West Ham, and Norwich versus Everton will be decided today. It looks like um, the, the permutations, the predictions, the odds look like Leicester and Brighton and Spurs, West Ham will likely be canceled. Or and blank in 31 and Norwich Everton will likely go ahead. Um, so that's what we have like in the near kind of future here. Um, FPL Virgin is suggesting, you know, his little strategy where he says, you know, get through 29 and 31, um, the wild carding in 32 or 33, bench boosting in 34, and then free hitting in the other double game week, which is going to be 37. Um, what are you thinking, Jake, as someone who doesn't have your wild card? How are you hoping to kind of navigate these next couple weeks? Yeah, I got to do a little bit more research, but I think the same plan, especially with Liverpool now being knocked out of the cup and playing, I have five players, two Wolves and three Liverpool, um, who are for sure playing. And then I guess I have Kelly still on my bench, um, but he's been injured of late and hasn't been playing so my plan is to somehow try to transfer my players over to get a fair amount of starters for 31 and then do exactly what you just said except without a wild card in there um and and hopefully just kind of fit a team together bench boost in 34 and free hit in the last game what do you think is a reasonable amount of players for 31 like where would you feel comfortable uh, before you're like okay i don't have enough guys well the leicester game is going to be a big one for me um but i you know i would like seven to eight i mean obviously this past game week it didn't matter at all um so i'm hoping it's going to be another game week like that yeah i think for me eight um are you going to take hits to get there jake or are you just gonna say all right i i'm stuck with because you said you have five right now yeah so you've got Um, so you've got two more have you made your transfer yet this week i have not so i have a transfer and that's gonna be important so that'll give me six if lester loses today that'd be seven eight so i'd be set and no need to take a hit i'm not gonna be afraid of it i mean the hits have actually worked out for me and actually made my team slightly better um just to give people an idea the hits i've taken are jimenez and doherty um and jimenez has two games where he's gotten two goals in a row uh unfortunately he's only gotten i think one bonus point in those games um which is a little bit uncharacteristic and then doherty got a 12 pointer for me this last game week which was huge um so again it's like if you know that guy's gonna be playing in the next few game weeks like i I brought them both in because they both play 31 they have a fantastic run of fixtures they got you know four greens in a row 
that's the that's the kind of hit you need to take um you don't want to be taking these hits on players who it's like just one good game week or you know they don't even play in the blanks that that you have to be really careful for yeah what about um and i i have to agree with you right like i'm thinking about eight guys i should be comfortable um looking at my current squad uh, i have let's see one two three uh four guys and then if i if the uh, Everton and Norwich game goes forward, I am now at six. So we'll we'll kind of see how that plays out. But I, I think I'll probably have nine guys for that uh, that that game week in thirty one. Um, and I might take it. There's a chance I would take a hit between now and then and and get uh, ten total players. So um, what about this game week, Jake? Twenty nine. That's coming up. So now we have. Uh, do, you, do you have interest in City? or Arsenal assets going into the game week? And are you going to maneuver to try to get them in? How much, I guess what I'm saying is like, how much of your time should you spend focusing on this game week? Um, that's right in front of us. I, I mean, I'm a little bit worried about it because both those teams blink in 31. And so I can't really do much unless I transfer them in to transfer them out, which seems like a complete waste. Mm-hmm. I have KDB and he's the player that I think if you could just select one for that game, for this game week that you want, it would be him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe interested in like a Man City defender, but I would have to look a little bit more at who that would be. But I, I just think with the, the I mean, Arsenal, I'm not super interested in. Let's be clear. They're probably not going to score much away from home against Man City. So you are just hoping that they do well away, I'm pretty sure, against West Ham. No, they're home. I apologize. So, so yeah, I mean, could you like, pick the right guy like say you go with Pepe or Aubameyang and they get like two goals this week or two returns sure but then you're also going to not have them playing in 31 so you got to have a backup plan for that Mm -hmm. I'm leaning towards um getting so I have two free transfers going into this game week uh Mm -hmm. and so I think what I can do is get a player in for 31 and get Aubameyang in in those two free transfers and if I could do that I'd probably captain Aubameyang uh, and and go forward that way. I don't I don't know yet. I'm trying. I'm kind of I'm up in the air. There's another scenario that I'm looking at where maybe I'd take a hit too when doing that um, to to make it kind of fit and work. And I in that that move I would take a hit, but I'd actually get two players in for game week 31, and then Aubameyang as well. Um, I don't know. You have thoughts on that? Is that a good move? Yeah, uh, I don't, I'm gonna stop I you. Don't, I don't even know why I'm asking you. It's a stupid, stupid thing to do because. Well, I'm not going to no, take I, any I of your advice. I'm not. All right. Yeah. I'm going right. to cut you off right there. Uh, all right. Um, so that's how Jake and I are kind of looking at these next few game weeks. Um, I do believe then for those that still have the wild card, I think 32 or 33 is the time to play it. Uh, you're still going to get a, a handful of game weeks uh, that you'll you'll benefit from kind of revamping that team um i currently am leaning towards the fpl virgin strategy of bench boost in 34 um, and free hitting in 37 but 34 also has some weird uh potential games there could be some blanks and some doubles and so i also see this you know kind of situation where maybe the free hit is better there it, it just kind of depends I, I need to see how 34 plays out but i'm, I'm thinking either way i'm going to wild card in 32 or 33 with uh, an eye on bench boosting in in either 34 or 37 um 
Bobby Love wrote in. This is kind of an interesting one. So this last week, there was some early team news, Jake. So right before the deadline, I don't know if it was maybe 10 minutes before, but it came out that Vardy was not going to be playing in the match. And so we had some kind of questions or some thoughts about that. And I thought it was worth talking about in our big picture section. So Bobby Love, uh, the worst FPL player of all time, said... Can the early team news leaks be considered a curse as well as a blessing? I brought in Kalichi for Vardy instead of rolling my free transfer, and the gamble didn't really pay off. Shiva wrote in, being in the U.S., we, we got the advantage of Vardy news as deadline was on Friday, but I fear that if this becomes a trend, we'll be on the losing side most weeks as Saturday deadlines uh, mean we have to stay up the whole night. Uh, should there be an effort to stop it? Especially consistent Liverpool leaks. There have been a lot of those. Thoughts on that? And then... FPL sexy response to that was no we Australians have to get up at 5 a.m. to check the team news just set an alarm bro that's good um what are your thoughts on like the the you know early team news leaks Jake is that something that you really look for um or you just kind of roll with what you've got I usually roll with what I got because uh, you know, I just don't have the time to do that all every single game week. I mean, sometimes I do, and I try to take a look. Um, I mean, unfortunately for me, I was one of those people who transferred Vardy in already. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was a complete Hilarious. waste. Yeah, he's been a real up and down player this year, obviously, and for most people. But expected I, goals, but it doesn't matter. Conversion well, I mean, when rates. He's not gonna, when he's not going to play, his expected goals don't don't matter. So, I mean, that's been the issue lately. He's He seems to be having a lot of nagging injuries that they're not letting on. I, I think that the early news is kind of – I don't like it because the whole point is to make it so that no one has the ability to get the lineups beforehand, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of like bypassing the system and the people who would be like, oh, well, I'm taking the time to do that. Like, good for you. Like, I'm not going to knock you. I'm glad that you are doing that and you're benefiting from it. But I think the whole point of setting it, setting the deadline is so that that's not allowed. Well, yeah, that is the, that's that is the take point. On yeah, that, of course, that's the point. Like, no shit. Yeah, that's the point. So then I would ag- – I guess what I'm saying is I would agree with Shiva. There should be an effort to stop the leaks, but I don't know how they do that except setting yeah. the deadline two hours before. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the issue is that, you know, teams are, are – or people are getting information from within the club on lineup sheets, mm-hmm. and that's supposed to be embargoed information that's not supposed to come out. I don't know why Liverpool seems to be the team every year that has all the leaks. Like, you've just got some asshole, like – in the club that just releases lineups every year like each of the last three years we've had we've had like ample lineup releases for liverpool knowing like which players are starting and which aren't um the other issue we've had in the fpl community is people basically posing or faking it right which is Mm -hmm. that's to me that's not good either that's a huge problem um and i know that like people do a good job of stomping out those that um give poor information but it's like that that to me is an issue is when people are just faking it for fun. Um, I I guess that's the risk that you you take though, right? When you're doing that uh, pre lineup or pre deadline research, you're taking a risk listening to somebody who says, "Oh, Vardy's going to be dropped," or "So and so isn't going to play." Um, because for example, like this week, and I know it wasn't right before the deadline, but the uh, it was released that Martial had not traveled with the squad. And everybody just assumed then that he wouldn't be playing. And then he started and had another stinker of a match. So pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Okay, uh, FPL Sexy wrote in, uh, you always mention English Sains. Here's an Australian one for you. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, he says, up your bum, no babies. Hmm. Hey, Jake. Up your bum, no babies. It means no worries. Interesting. I thought they used Akuna Matata. I thought that was Australian. Yeah, I did too, but I get I don't know. I mean, it's not Australian, is it? Isn't that an African I guess, saying? I guess it's Africa, if that's where Lion King sat. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to know, isn't it, with Disney? Yeah, you never know with Disney. Yeah, those. Uh, all right, well, up your bums, no babies then. What if you say, up your bum, some babies? <laughs> is that possible? I don't know. In your bum, two babies. <laughs> That must mean like oh, there's what? actually some serious worries, right? Yeah, I guess. Is so is this actually is it a sexual it must be a sexual that, term, that's right? That's what I was thinking. I didn't actually yeah, think right that until I read it and now I'm like, "Oh, it's a it's an intercourse reference, isn't it?" Yeah. Like if you do it that way, then there won't be a you baby, so babies. don't worry about so, it. Yeah. Why did yeah. you have to... Do Interesting that? that they'd say that to each other, though. Do you think I, you say it to kids? <laughs> I would hope not, but I guess they would learn quickly then. <laughs> they certainly would. That's like the abstin- That's like the Australian abstinence program. Like, that's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the extent of sexual education in Australia. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah. Uh, all right, yeah. So, kids, uh, up your bum, no babies. And all the kids are like, oh, all right, yeah, all right, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, all right, shrimp on the barbie, Foster's beer, yeah. <laughs> oh, fun. I actually, uh, when I wrote this out, I had, I didn't think of that at all. I, I know that's weird, but my brain just wasn't there. And now I realize that it's totally... Uh, in an inappropriate sexual term. I appreciate that. That's good. It's a good one. Uh, Matthew Hall wrote in, I'm in Florida. I have a cold. Everyone at, uh, looking at me like I have coronavirus. Jake, how do I avoid getting fed to crocodiles? Oh, and advice uh, for how to watch the football this weekend while I'm here. I mean, I guess we should probably start by saying, I'm sorry, Matthew. I'm sorry that you have to be yeah. there. I wonder where he's in in Florida. We should get more info on that. He should. Uh, he should give you a phone call. Yeah, probably. That's a big state, though, so he's probably far away. Yeah. Um, well, first off, I would say you won't be fed to crocodiles. It would be alligators. Idiot. Um, Am I right? Unless it's at a zoo. But yeah, the crocodiles are not indigenous here. Stupid um, idiot. Idiot. Up your yeah. bum, no babies, Matthew. <laughs> I would I would stay inside and just watch the game, you know. I guess you, it, maybe he's in a situation where he doesn't get all the channels because he's out of town. Um the other thing you could do is wear a mask so no one can see you um, that you're sick. Um, like a hockey mask, then, like a ski. Uh, no, like, like a face mask, <laughs> like a, or a hockey mask. In Florida, that's like one. normal, right? Like fuckers yeah, just walking just around that everywhere. To... <laughs> I, it's gonna be hard to drink beer that way, yeah. but I, I wouldn't recommend that if you're sick, anyways. Do you have um, in Florida? Is there like? I mean, I know. You know. There are two new cases that I read about a couple days ago, but they're on the west side, which maybe that's where Matthew's at. There's also a scare in Jacksonville. I have to get more information. It's like an under-the-table coronavirus deal. Classic. Yeah, Classic. in Jacksonville. So, mm. I'm going to be getting coronavirus soon, uh, but up your bum, no babies. <laughs> 
Uh, how about watching the matches like in Florida? Is the do you guys have like a culture of that around there where people you know like in Ugh. like in Chicago you know Chicago has you know a big uh, a big following of of English football supporters and and you can go and find the city bar the pool bar that what do you guys have that in Florida? Yeah, or not so much? I think I think it depends where you're at. I think Jacksonville has a couple places and it's a pretty huge city. Orlando it's probably definitely, Orlando probably does right. Yeah. Orlando does. I'm sure Miami does. I know the the FP. What do they call it when they ha- they had the show there in Miami recently? Oh, the Premier League mornings think, or whatever that they do yeah, with the NBC. NBC does that. Yeah, yeah, I think if you're in West Florida, it might be a little bit harder. It's it's an older community over there. I feel like that's like uh, um like up your bum no babies is like the the Miami slogan. Like you like welcome to Miami. Up your bum no babies. <laughs> yeah, work good there. All right, uh, eat your greens. Wrote in. Uh, should I delete my team? Maybe start spending time with my family? Question <laughs> mark. Yes, I mean, don't delete your team. Just spend time with your family. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, the only reason people know about how shitty I'm doing is because I podcast it every week. Probably no one really knows. You don't need to delete your team. Okay. Yeah, he just told us all though that he basically he's doing shitty. So now everyone That's true. knows. Uh, all right, let's do really quickly because we're we're already kind of running long here. So like, let's do our teams quick just so people know because people for some reason care about that. Every time like we in the past when we wouldn't do our teams, people would freak out and be like, "Why don't you tell us how you did?" And it's like I didn't know you guys cared that much. But um, do you want to start, Jake? Yeah, unfortunately. Um... Well, I got a solid final game week score of 34. The average was 26, but I also had a minus four for two transfers. Um, Doherty was my key player with a good game week of 12. Saved you. Saved you that that game. Saved me. Also uh, got a goal from Jimenez and a bonus point, which is nice. Um, Salah was my captain. He did nothing. I don't. I don't. What happened in that game? Someone's gonna have to tell me. Yeah, I guess I didn't we get didn't a really. To watch. Well, we watched. So I was uh, visiting a friend who's a huge Liverpool supporter, Nick, and um, we watched the first half. And then the, it was one of the more boring games that I've ever seen played. And he had a big project in his basement that he wanted to get done. So we kind of got going on it and got distracted. And all of a sudden, we came back upstairs, and it was three nothing. It was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So we didn't even watch the goals really. We just were like, yeah, fuck it. We didn't care. So. Yeah, they've been they've been poor of late. Yeah, um, yeah. At some point they were going to be, right? I mean, like, they've I, just I been guess. buzzing the whole year. At some point you're gonna drop a little bit of form and, and they're gonna be just fine. So it's not yeah. a big deal. All right. Yeah. Um and then yeah, a solid zero from Vardy for me. Nice. That was a good good game week. What's your overall now? Uh, just under two hundred thousand, so still better than last year, but it's getting close. Yeah. It's uh it's squeaky bum time, as they say. Mm-hmm. Which means you have to poop. Yeah, I think that's what okay. that means. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, all right, my team. I finished with thirty-two points. I didn't take a hit. Game week rank of just under two million. So it was my first like kind of rough game week in a while. So I think I had. Uh, I've had five green arrows in a row before this game week and I dropped just a couple thousand overall. So now I'm at 71 K. Um, and I had only returns from Calvert Lewin and Jimenez. Everybody else had, uh, one, two or three points on my team. In fact, Cantwell was, was leading the way he was then outside of Salah as a captain. Cantwell was the next highest scorer with, um, with a total of three points. 
um, which was great. So, uh, it's just how it goes sometimes. Um, you can't get a green arrow every week. The plus side is I, I still do actually kind of like the way my team's set up. I have some a few little problem areas um, in Madison and, and Martial. Um, I've had Maddo for um, like the whole season basically. And he has had in the last, uh, since game week 16, uh, he's had one return. No, oh, uh, since game week 17, he's had one return. Yeah, in game week 16, he had an assist. So, uh, and yeah, I've just kept him the whole time. Which is outrageous. So well, I went to Barnes and it wasn't any better. Leicester are just yeah. Yeah, at least though, What's, like the yeah. underlying stats for Barnes are there. Where like he and you watch the games, and you're like, wow, he's in the box, and like Maddow's behind the center back somehow. Like, why are you back there? It doesn't really make sense. Like <laughs> he's just chatting with Schmeichel. Yeah, he's just like, what the fuck, man? Like, go do something. Uh, yeah, he's just playing in such deep roles. But I think Indeedy being back will push him forward a bit more. But but still, it's it's a little frustrating. So. Um, yeah, I'm just dealing with that. Uh, but other than that, I feel pretty good about the team. Um, I'm going to pull up, Jake, the Slack community team. Why don't you pull up the League Dive leaderboard and then I can do the PSLs. Okay. Deal? Deal. Okay, so um, Slack community team had a pretty standard week, 32 points. Um, uh, Gaita in the goal was really what made this team have an okay week. Um, and Jimenez had a return. Captain Ban was on Sala, uh, but it did hurt hurt the team a, a bit. Uh, the overall dropping just a little bit to 30,000 now overall. Um, so the team's doing fine. Uh, the plus side is, again, I think looking at the squad with the exception of Vardy, like the team's pretty well set up and looks decent going into 31. Um, we've decided to hold, I think as I just was reading on the Slack channel, is, is going to try to leave all the voting open until late Friday so that we can make sure we know what's going on in the FA Cup um, and so that we can we can all have enough time to think about what the best move forward is here. Um, and I think that that's probably good advice for about everybody, right, is is holding those transfers a little bit longer, waiting till, till late in the game week um, so that we know exactly what's going on uh, and have as much information as we can for the blanks in 31. So, uh, Jake, top 10 of the um, – you want to do league dive? Is that what you're going to do? Yeah, I'm on league okay, dive. So, number number 10, um, shark bait, ooh-ha-ha. Actually, it's FPL shark bait. Uh, Gareth Bridges, uh, number nine, Sizzlers. Uh, that might be a new one. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, Samir Syed. Number eight, Loftus Cheeky Nandos, Matthew Hall. Number seven, Roca 11, Ron K. I'm not going to say your last name. Uh, Inferno FC, Amuda Favor. Favor. Uh, uh, number five, Rockin Vet. Uh, Maria Kathleen Ranola Donnie. That's a lot of names. Oh, that's a lot uh, of names, yeah. Yeah, Pope, Pope it like it's heart. I think it's supposed to be pop it like it's hot. But Oh, thanks, not... Jake. Nobody else on yeah. here knew that. We needed you to okay. explain that to us. Thank you. Y'all are welcome. Uh, Ando, uh, GR. And number three, Return of the Snag, FPL Lewis. He's been up there. Uh, number two, Riggs Rovers. Uh, pretty good game week score, 40, 42. Uh, old Rig. Um, and then number one, keeping, keeping in first, uh, Lukewarm FC. Luke Burgess. I wonder if he green arrowed overall because he's pretty high up there. You want to click on his he, team uh, and tell us? I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking. Where are you? Where's your overall? Uh, overall, he did drop. Uh, he's 92nd mm. overall. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, 26th in England. That's not bad. Yeah, it's okay. Could be better. Uh, all right. PSL Super League. 
top league supporters league in the world uh we'll do the top five so number eight bobby love uh number five uh delirious mfpl fourth show me the Mounier. uh meredith in third uh the kot kid matt in second marco doesn't matter the slack team and in first loftus cheeky nandus matthew uh, in first place so congrats to those uh there hasn't been a lot of movement in that league although meredith um has been has moved up a bit she was um she bumped emma and and i jumped uh, up into sixth so feeling a little bit better about that um all right jake i think we should probably take a quick break um when we come back We've got some questions more specifically about players in this this blank and double, or, or excuse me, uh, double game week coming up with Man City and Arsenal. And then like so many questions about uh, basically the exact same players. So Jota, uh, Traore, Saar. Um, yeah, and that's it. We've got 100 questions about that. Oh, cops are coming. Go, 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 go. We'll be right back. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Welcome back to the second half of the pod. Join our Patreon. Support us. Support our lavish lifestyles. That's the shout out for this game week. Jake, game week 29 coming in hot and heavy. We've got a number of questions uh, from right in from our Slack and from Twitter this week. Uh, a lot of them are doubles. So I, I'm going to kind of read some of them t- kind of together. Um, and a lot of them focus on the attacking players in the game this week. So I think people seem to be kind of settled in with defenses. So uh, let's get started though with, I think the first, the first question. So we've got Man City and Arsenal double game week. Uh, Gary Warwood wrote in, is it even worth the bother of trying to capitalize on this double game week? Seems like it might just create more problems than it solves. You had alluded to that in the top half of the pod, Jake, um, I think we should talk about it a little bit more, just kind of the potential players, potential for rotation, you know, who do you really want? Um, and, and let's start with, um, I think the two main players are probably going to be KDB and Aubameyang. Do you agree, Jake? Yeah, I, I think those will be the two most. I think I do agree that those are the two best of their respective teams. Um I'm. I just don't know where else to go because I. I like Man City more. Um, they have probably tougher fixtures with Man United and Arsenal, but I just don't. I. You know, Arsenal is such a hard team to predict. Um, offensively, they've been a little bit better, but it's like they they rotate a lot right now. Uh, Yang's probably the only player that's like consistently playing attacking minutes. So I don't know where else you go there. And it just seems like if you go for defense, you're hoping they clean against West Ham because they're not going to clean against Man City and might get minus points in the back. A lot of people are actually, at least floating around online, are talking about free hitting this week. I I think, and you know, I I tend to be wrong with these things, but I think it's ridiculous. I don't see why you would free hit this week um, with all the other much bigger double game weeks uh, and blank game weeks coming up. Yeah, no, I agree. I I just don't even see, like, for Man City, who you're going with. Because besides KDB... The next highest scorer is Kuhn at 123 and, um, you know, Maher is at 120. I mean, like, are you hoping, like, Jesus plays both games? You know, their defense is just 
it's just kind of a mess. I mean, they have kept back-to-back clean. So, but but even with that, you have Kyle Walker maybe as like your best option. I, you know, I don't even know what what to make. I would I would really have to do some digging. And then again, like we talked about game week 31, you don't have that player again. So is that going to be an issue for you? Yes or no? Yeah, right. And then on top of that with City, they play Sunday and then they play Wednesday. Arsenal at least have an extra day in that they have a a Saturday match uh, and then play Wednesday against City. Um, I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, outside of KDB, it's like and he might even be rotated. So who are you going with on City? I don't really get that. Um, Arsenal, I you know I think Aubameyang's probably the one player. Some people have been proposing Pepe, who's who's statistically actually very very strong over the last three to five game weeks. Uh, what do you think, Jake? What's the feeling you get? Will he play in both matches? I I don't think he'll play full minutes in both matches, um, but he definitely should play. I think he's the next best option for them. He doesn't tend to score a ton of goals in in play unless he really gets like an easy, you know, pass it into the net goal, I feel like, though. So that's not going to happen against Man City. It might happen against West Ham. So again, he's Mm 9.2. He's not cheap to do that. And then to get him right back out of your team seems it seems very risky. Most people will probably have to move like Liverpool assets or something in order to make it work, right? Because just because the cost of a player like Pepe. Yeah, he's just a weird, annoying cost of 9.2. He's not good enough to, to reach for, in my opinion. Yeah, so to me, I think the best move is to have KDB for sure, because most of us have him, and then possibly Obama Yang um, if you can fit him in your squad. Uh, like I said, I, I've got two different things I'm looking at of possibly moving, um, using my two transfers to get him in for this game. We can captain him. Um, or uh, I have another option where I would take a hit. It, it helps me get a little bit of a better player through my midfield um, and then uh, I'd get him in as well. So, okay. Um, let's keep moving then. Um, Kenny says, should we focus on building a team for game week 31 when the FA cup dictates who is and isn't playing or build for beyond that? If the wrong teams for me uh, are in the FA cup, my team will be decimated with no free hit. So, so Kenny's used his free hit. Um, there's a couple ways to look at this. So, I'm planning on wildcarding in like 32 or 33. So what I'm doing is kind of like slowly building towards 31. Um, I just have like basically the players, because a lot of those teams are not as good, right? They're not not as high quality of teams. And so I'm moving slowly over to those players. And basically we call that dead ending your team. So I'm going to dead end my team into 31 and then be comfortable you know, wildcarding in 32 or 33. Um, but if you don't have that wild card, yeah, it's a bit of a risk, Jake. How are you thinking your dumbass is going to uh, going to manage that? Great question. I have no idea. Yeah. No, I, I mean, <laughs> we talked about it. I think I'm just hope. I'm really hoping Lester get knocked out. Then I think I should be fine because I have Cantwell as well. So you know, I'm assuming Spurs beat them. Who knows? But with like a couple free hits, it's not a big deal for me. For Kenny, I feel like you could you could wild card in thirty one and go for players beyond thirty one, so not just focusing on that game week. Um, but you know, the nice thing is, I think like I, I think Lester, if they get knocked out, have a good run of fixtures, even though they've been pretty terrible. Um, they're not great. They're not terrible, I guess I should say. But then Wolves, uh, 
couple good fixtures after that. You know, so you you could field a, a pretty decent squad for 31 and, and a squad to move forward with. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's, I think, how best to manage that. I, I don't disagree with Jake. Um, I, I prefer the dead ending your team into it if you have the wild card afterwards. If you don't, yeah, you got to be pretty... I don't know. You got to be pretty careful, especially if you don't have a free hit as well, because if you go all in on one game week, you're going to have some trouble in game weeks to follow. Um, Thomas Bracken wrote in, are Liverpool on the beach? I don't think so. I think it's this is a blip in form. Don't, do you think they're on the beach, Jake? Yeah, I don't think so. Because they're in I, England and there's not much great beach there, to be honest. But yeah, I don't know. Isn't it surrounded by water? Yeah, but it's like, you know, it's England. Like, oh, gotcha. It's gotcha. not like you're on the Iberian Peninsula, you know? Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. Um, yeah I, again, I don't know what happened in that game. I think it's a one-off. Well, we'll it's it's a three-off now, right? Because they, yeah. they lost, um, you know, their Champions League game. They lost a league game. Then they lost the FA Cup. Um, it's certainly a blip in form. Um, but I don't think that they're, they're on the beach. I, I, they, they have a long way to go. I, I mean, I, they're, they'll almost certainly win the league, but they have a long way to go to close things out now um, with anything else that they're, they're interested in doing with their Champions League aspirations as well. So, no, um, but I, I do think that, you know, it's, it's kind of getting into pressure time for a lot of teams. Beginning of March here, um, they're starting to really look at the table, really look at their options. Um, and, and yeah, they're probably a, a bit of blip in form here, but um, I think it'll come back. So uh, we have a lot of questions about, um, you know, Saar and Watford and Jota and Vardy. And so I'm just going to, I think, Jake, can I just like read a few together and we kind of like answer them all together? I think that's the right way to do it. Yeah, I think that's a good way to okay. do it. Um, so Thomas Bracken wrote in, should we be looking closer at Watford? Native American Drake wrote in, uh, FPL-wise, are Watford defensive assets worth a pickup? And then we have some more questions about Watford from DC, FPL DC, um, two-point sex sounds are asking about, they're both asking about SAR. Um, FPL Lewis wrote, secret weapon SAR time. Um, so a lot of different questions about uh, Watford. So I guess let's start with them, shall we? Mm-hmm. Let's just start with that first that first question. Should we be looking more closely at Watford? What do you think, Jake? They're kind of a mixed bag for me. Mixed bag of dildos. Um, mixed bag of dildos. Uh, I mean, they got destroyed by Man United three zero, and then they come back and beat Liverpool. You look at their past games. You know, t- a tie one one against Brighton. They are fighting to get out of relegation. Like right now, points wise, they're tied for that third. Oh, coronavirus! Uh, <laughs> no, Jake. <laughs> they're tied for that last spot. So I mean, I definitely think that helps, and I do like that they play game week thirty one. Um, their defense hasn't been that great. It's probably a risk. Sar, I don't know what happened because he played. I don't know. Did he did he get injured? He missed three game weeks in a row and then played twenty minutes against Man United. I and think then he, he had. Yeah, I think he picked up an in, uh, an injury, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I I like him. I think he's a decent player to consider at a at a good price. Um, De La Foe is now injured, so I think the coach who came in, I forget his name. He's he's changed them. They're back to kind of like that mid table Watford team uh, you know so I think 
you have to be very very careful but you could you could consider a player i i think sar is not a bad shout um you know he's going to play in game week 31 which is a reason some people are looking at him um the fixtures uh-oh more cops more cops yeah. they're coming after you they still, they coronavirus. they're just gonna put you down that's how america that's, <laughs> i think that's how america is gonna start handling that it's like ah sorry you guys didn't even test it it didn't even test positive yeah but you're sneezing so we can't have you getting people sick so yeah welcome to america um so playing in 31 um you know crystal palace away lester home burnley away southampton home chelsea away uh 29 through 33 um you know like you said with jerry d out now you know sars almost almost guaranteed those minutes assuming he doesn't get hurt you know, shots per 90 for him and over the last five games of 3.15 leading their team um by by quite a bit in that category and a very high expected goals uh as well two point uh, five six expected goals over that time which is a pretty good like shots per 90 to expected goals ratio um so he has an expected goals per 90 of 0.6 which is is quite high um you know troy dini's the, the other option for them the other attacking option now he does not shoot in in as much volume uh the nice thing about sar is he's also averaging 2.2 two key passes per 90 over the last five games as opposed to Troy Dini's 0.8 and so you know I'm, I think that Sar is an, an interesting player his price is right uh, especially if you have a player like Martial or a player like Madison that you know you feel like their their production has, is, is not going to be maintained or is going to continue to, to kind of dip I mean I know Martial has had some goals in recent weeks but if, if you have watched the matches statistics are, are pretty poor and the eye test makes you think like okay he has one moment you know per match where he, he makes something happen and the rest of the game he's basically worthless for example the last match he just kept drifting wider and wider and wider and he's you know he's not really a central forward um but anyways so i think sars an, an interesting one the other thing that people are asking a lot about is is jota um for example two point sex sound says thinking of swapping vardy for jota um let's see a dc asks arsar and, and jota the real deal um marvin says doherty and, and jota should be top of our transfer list correct um so what do we think about oh even wilson right said i brought in inks for dlc a few weeks ago terrible mistake should i stay the course and give inks a chance or sell him for someone else like jota so we talked a little bit about um diego last week right yeah, D- Diogo. Yeah, mean? Diogo. It's all the same, man. Yeah, all the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't say things like that, Jake. That's racist. Uh, okay. Right. Uh, it's it's pretty impressive. Like he just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. He also tends to get like double baggers every time. He like it's not just one return in a game. He's he's gotten three three games where he's gotten double returns. He's only got six goals and three assists on the year. So. Like, when he has a game, he has a game. Um, it's a tough choice for me because I have Jimenez as well, and mm-hmm. that's putting a lot of stock into Wolves. Now is the time to do it, though. Um, and I actually think, especially with Ings and Vardy, that's definitely probably one of the highest lists or things on my list to do this week because it guarantees I have a 31-week player. It gives me a little bit more funds to play with, um, and I just am not real thrilled with the way Vardy and Ings have been performing of late. 
um, that that's where I'm at. I don't think it's a terrible move. I, I like it, and I like it more than Triori if people are interested in him. Yeah, so Triori's dealing with that shoulder injury, and um, Nuno has said that they're kind of managing that. There was a, It was floated the other day that he might have to go in for surgery for that. Um, if Triori remains kind of semi-sidelined like this, I think Jota's a great pick because it seems to kind of be with the formation that they're playing, one or the other. They kind of play like 3-4-3 or 3-5-2, um, and so with with Triori out, they they don't have that wing presence, and they they let Jota kind of play off Raul Jimenez. Um, over the last five games, uh, Jota has has a three point seven six shots per ninety, so pretty close to actually what Raul Jimenez is doing. And, and Raul's having a, I mean, statistically really strong run of form here. Um, he has a slightly Jota has a slightly higher expected goals. Uh, at 3.92 and expected goals per 90 of 1.13 which is really really high over a five game period so you know obviously we know that that he's playing well uh, and that he's performing well and we also talked a little bit about this that last year I believe he did something very similar at a very similar time of the year he was kind of given a run out after he hadn't played a ton or as consistently it's almost like you know kind of like fresh legs right and he goes in and suddenly um, is a dangerous player I think that he's a good pick especially given the price point right but but I I tend to agree with you Jake I don't think if I had if like I have him in us I don't think I'm even looking at bringing Jota and I'm just going to hold him and as it seems kind of lateral even though he's less money but you also have a slight risk just a small risk of rotation with Jota whereas I don't feel that at all with Raul well and the nice thing for you what which must be said it's no dig it's actually a fantastic play as you've had I'm really uh, good looking yeah I get that and I and I agree and I'm super smart and a pretty good athlete and I get that that's not a dig on me it's just kind of like you know you're throwing a compliment around right no I was just gonna say I mean DCL when you brought him in was probably one of the best transfer moves of the year he's I think he's really helped you uh, 13 goals and he just keeps scoring. I mean, Man United is not a bad team and yet he's still got a goal, two bonus points. Um, I mean, I can't, I feel like every game he gets a goal. How about, did you uh, so see, from, did you see the, the, um, decision of offsides with Sigurdsson that would have also been awarded a goal to, uh, to Dominic? I, I did. And it was pretty, what do you think? What's your honest, what's your honest opinion on that? Just to make people mad on the podcast. Because everybody seems to be very much on one side or the other on this. Yeah. Do you want to go first or should I? Should I? You can go first. I think that it's a 100% undoubtedly offsides. That's what I think. I, I do, And people are like, he's not obscuring his line of sight. He didn't touch the ball. It doesn't matter. Like the rules are such that if the player it, it can even be semi-deemed involved in the play that if the player can even influence slightly the decision-making of the defender, of the goalkeeper in this case, then he should be whistled offsides. Um, yeah. And he was. I I also agree with that. Yeah, it's the and right call. It, it's hard, but yeah, it was it was a fair call. And But that's what I mean. I mean, he's still getting multiple chances a game. It's not even like he just gets one lucky chance. He's statistically been fantastic, and he's that same price point as Jota, 
but his fixtures are getting much tougher, but it doesn't seem to make a difference. So I don't feel like I should be bringing him in against Chelsea and Liverpool mm-hmm. and, and then Leicester Spurs in four out of five yeah. as much as I'd like to. So Jota is kind of that other option for me. And then I might bring DCL in after he gets done with Chelsea and Liverpool and has Norwich in 31. I guess they, they don't play. He doesn't play in 31, though. Well, it's not guaranteed. He? he could play in 30. Oh, it's it's not likely, actually, yeah, you're right. it's likely so that, that he will game. actually play in 31. Yeah. yeah. So so that's kind of where I'm targeting him. And I, I do agree. I think Ings has been bad of late. You know, he, there's always a chance he returns to form. I just don't know if he's just getting too tired. We know he gets injured. Um, so he's kind of a wait and see. I'll hold him for the next two game weeks against Newcastle, Norwich, and then decide what I want to do. Yeah, I think that that takes us, it transitions well into a couple other questions. So Marvin the, the Gooner wrote in, is Ings now a bum? Um, Ross Kenny wrote in, Loughton and Ings to Doherty and Jota for a minus four, yes or no? Um, and then uh, Pist- Pistolinas wrote in, best uh, front three right now. So let's talk about, about that a little bit. Um, what do you think thinking about Ings because so I just brought him in for like the first time and was like really excited and proud of myself and then it's been pretty rough as of late Um, you know his like if we look at his stats and drill down for the last five games um, Mm -hmm. you know he's it's not bad he's still producing 2.8 shots per 90 which is pretty decent but his expected goals has dropped really low it's 0.85 shots or expected goals over the last five games um, which means he's not getting kind of the quality chances that you know we had expected for him to get um, what are your thoughts on that and and do you think that he's worth a hold because I'm looking at moving him right now to be completely yeah, honest it, that's what worries me is the fact that his underlying like goal statistics are poor like he's still shooting but that that scares me um, it just seems like Shane Long has had much better options. I'm not going to get rid of him because of his fixtures. Yeah, the problem and I is have Newcastle, other things right? to like, deal with. Yeah. But if I make this Aubameyang move, it would probably be Ings out. Is how yeah, I and it. I think that's fine. I think that's a, a, a decent move. So it just kind of depends what else you have on your team. If there's any other issues, I would just hold him. He only played 36 minutes, and there's no news of him being injured. So I don't know if it was just like he needed some rest. Maybe he'll come back, be a little bit more fresh. Again, that's that's positive thinking. He'll probably just play like 10 minutes and break his ankle. Yeah, probably. That'd be sad. Um do, did you want to talk your your top three forwards or yeah yeah I think we probably should so my top three right now for forwards um, so you know the question from Pistolinas had, had been like form plus fixtures so I think I for sure put Jimenez in that top three would you agree I agree okay, form and fixtures the issue is like I want to put Dominic Calvert-Lewin in but he's got an incredible run of fixtures I think that I, I do think that Everton are kind of going to be up against it right now. It's going to be a little bit challenging for them um, to to produce as many shots. I mean, I think, you know, he's not a bad pick, but but that's a little challenging for me. I do think I might right now, given his price, I might even put Dini in the top, top three. His underlying stats has, have been really, really strong lately. And then I think the third I would put would be Aubameyang, um, just given that he has the double game week coming up this next week and then Brighton the week after. Of course, the blank in 31 makes him less attractive, but that's kind of the way I would rank 
the top three right now. How would you rank? Um, a similar, I would do Aubameyang, Jimenez, and I would actually go with fixtures Jota. Um, but if you're kind of going cheaper options, I like uh, Jota, Jimenez, DCL. But like you said, the fixtures yeah. just aren't there, unfortunately. Okay. Um. Then oh, we've got one more question then from Shiva. Is it wise to get rid of Mane or any Liverpool assets to accommodate double game week players? Is this double game week a classic trap? We kind of talked about that earlier in the pod. I, I don't think it's wise. Do you? No, I don't. I don't like it. Yeah. The issue is Mane played in the FA Cup and Salah didn't, which means Salah's probably playing on the weekend, and Mane very well could be rested before their big Champions League game. Um, what do you think about did you see Gomez didn't play for the first time and Lovren got a run out yeah yeah and then Gomez then Gomez played in the FA Cup this midweek too yeah so uh, yeah I mean Gomez is is a better player I've been saying this earlier though that I think that center back pairing excuse me pairing is going to begin to get rotated uh, going forward here and I would guess on the weekend that Gomez would be rested so that he's ready for the Champions League match uh, midweek because I think he's their best he's their other best center back um, so I would guess Matip or Lovren will get another run out this weekend just saying mm-hmm. yeah. um, okay so that's the questions we have let's go quick here captain shouts then who are you going to captain I mean I think it's all, you know Aubameyang's good pick I think De Bruyne's a good pick I think Salah against he has a great record against Bournemouth um, I think he'd be a good pick um, is there anybody else outside of those three that anyone should really be considering? Unless you want to try KDB because he's got doubles and he's... Well, that's what I know, said he, him already, but yeah. Oh, I missed that. I apologize. Idiot, idiot, so, yeah, idiot, then idiot, no, I idiot, don't... Idiot, I, idiot, idiot. God, idiot. Yeah, I, then I don't disagree with you. Those who are who I'm looking at. What um? What are your... What do you think? You, I mean, I've talked a little bit about my plans for the game week uh, uh, with this Aubameyang move. What do you think you might do? I think it's one of two things. It's either Vardy down to Jota, um, which is unfortunate because that's like a transfer I just brought in. I'm definitely going to wait to see what happens with Leicester today in regards to that um, and wait for more news. The other thing that is concerning me on my team is I don't know what to do with Jack. Um, He's got two pretty tough fixtures, Leicester, Chelsea. I'm, and I'm actually surprised we didn't get more questions on him. I think there was just one. And then after game week 31, he has Wolves, Liverpool, Man United. It's like, it's not good. Um, and then Gomez is also going to be a question for me. So I, I have a lot of issues. It's like, what fire do I put out and get the most return? And I think Jota can give me the most return. I don't know where to go with Grelish. There's just not, none of those those midfielders are really performing i mean sar came out of nowhere so like he's someone i'm i'm looking at um and in the back for gomez he's just kind of at a uh, shit price point for me uh at 5.2 i just i i'd probably go down with him yeah i think so too i mean the only other player i was interested in is alonzo but he's not going to be playing and he doesn't have great fixtures either so you know i don't know if i go with like a burnley asset it it's my team's my team's screwed, and it's it's all my fault. Yeah, yeah, it is. No, I mean I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I agree <laughs> that you're screwed too. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Well, good luck figuring that out. I really, really hope it works out for you. Um, follow us on Twitter at DiveFPL, Instagram, The Art of the Dive, online at DiveFPL.com. Uh, download our podcast wherever you want, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play. A um, couple random questions at the end of the pod, Jake. Native American Jake, serious Native American Jake. I always say that. Drake, um, serious question. First date tips for meeting the future mother of my children. Um. Do you have any? We don't have, I mean, we don't have children, you or I. So we're not maybe the best people to ask, are we? Does that does that matter? Is he just saying like he wants to marry this girl already? If it's his first date, I would say hold, hold, slow down a little bit there. I like that to, would be my I mean, advice. I like to put it on the table right away. You know, like <laughs> yeah. sit down okay. and be like, all right, like are we doing this tonight or what? You know, like it's, I think it's time. Up your bum, no babies, you know? That's <laughs> I'd be like, not your bum, babies, right? That's what you say. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess for Native American Drake, um, you know, my tip would be when you go to the office and you sit down with with that company to pay a surrogate um, to carry your child, um, you know, just be respectful while you're there, right? Because you're not... <laughs> you're not going to get a date, right? I mean, let's just be honest, you know, it's not happening, man. Okay. <laughs> oh, so just get over gosh. yourself. Okay. Um, FPL Virgin, uh, does Jake have any more entertaining real life stories like the one he told last week while shopping? Yeah. So you told that dumb story last week about how you were like checking your phone while at a, a junk store with your wife. And people <laughs> thought that was really funny. Like multiple people brought it up online. I was like, it wasn't that funny of a story. It was literally just like Jake's normal life. I, it made me think that maybe we should we should contact some television networks just to start following you around with cameras like that that people would really enjoy it um do you have any good any good recent stories you're coaching youth soccer how's that how's that going oh yeah i mean it's it's going it's going what did you run yeah how many sessions have you trained so far um one two three Three. And there's been a lot of rainouts, so three. But I have a, I have like a U12 age group and then a U7, 8 age group. And um, a, a little bit of a difference in talent. Uh, the I, I think the U8 age group could uh, push my U12 kids. That's to hilarious. Competitive. You should yeah. line them up and <laughs> so, have them play against one another. I'm considering it. I'm considering and then yell it. at the U12s. You'll never amount to anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> These little kindergartners are beating you. Just scream yeah. things like that. Yeah. All right. Do that. How? What? What have you guys trained so far? How have the sessions been? Oh, I mean, I, just basic stuff. But I think the, the uh, man, I. It's been a while since I've coached this young of an yeah. age group, and I just forgot how soft these kids are. They're all soft. Is there a lot of crying? A lot of tears, or what? No, there hasn't been a ton of tears. That's the good news. But but a lot of like wanting to give up. Like when can we scrimmage? It's like I don't want to watch y'all just like fit. 14 players within five feet of the field yeah. like can you stop doing that like, please yeah and just yell at it you should just you should do a tactic session next next uh <laughs> next training. yeah we haven't gotten the tactics Get yet the board that out might be a few be weeks like, you stupid idiots do you know how to run a 4-3-3 clearly not <laughs> uh it is it's so much yeah. different with kids i do a lot of youth youth coaching as well and um it's hard to flip from like you know grown people to to kids when you're coaching is really challenging um, but it's fun 
You just gotta, you just gotta have fun with it. Just let them play, man. It they is just want to play. Like yeah. so, just do, just, just play. play. Like play games, fun yep. little games. That's what they like. Yep. And that's why the American youth soccer system is worthless. All the English people are over there, like shaking their heads, like fucking play Harry Potter. <laughs> you know, like we gotta drill yeah. them kids. You know, just again, do it again, do it again. More well, passing patterns. Well. Yeah, we keep going, but I mean, I, I try to create like these fun games for them, which are a little bit more like tactical. They're not ta- that's not the right word, but they touch the ball more. Yeah, but yeah. they just th- those games they just don't enjoy. They just want a scrimmage. They just want and you realize what I'm trying to explain or what I think that they should understand, but they don't is that you only touch the ball like a few right. times when you do a right, huge right. scrimmage. That's not good for your development, but it's like they don't care. Yeah. They just want to scrimmage. More time on the ball is, is better with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Now that people um, know how youth soccer is operated in America, for those that aren't here, <laughs> um, and everybody's like, the fuck are these guys talking about? Like, are they going to end the podcast or not? I guess we, we probably should. So, yeah. um, all right. Good luck with everybody with the game week. Um, it's, a, it's a weird one. And the next couple are going to be spicy. So, um, uh, tune in next week. We'll, we'll have some more info on, on how 31 is going to work out. We should know kind of by the end of uh, tomorrow exactly uh, what, what 31 looks like. And then we can kind of get some plans in place. So let's get out of here. I'm Marco. And I'm Jake. And remember, you should dive. <laughs>